This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We hear a lot of pitches on this show. I mean, no surprise there. It's the name of the podcast. But the entrepreneurs who come on this show, they're pitching more than just a business idea. They're pitching their dream. Because when you run a small business, you're putting your whole self into it. State Farm gets that. And they work with small business owners across the country to help create personalized plans that are built for their small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. In the world, like there isn't anything like Hotel Tonight or Open Table for sports. That doesn't exist. Topia Soinenen is raising $2 million for Playven, a startup he hopes will make it way easier to book a venue to play sports. After starting his company in Finland, Topias is here to take a swing at the U.S. market. And he better bring his A-game, because these investors aren't playing around. I'm Josh Muccio, and from Gimlet Media, this is The Pitch. Today's investors are... Jillian Manis. Jillian is a partner at Structure Capital, where they've invested $98 million so far in high-profile startups like Uber. Phil Nadell. As a serial entrepreneur, Phil built companies that sold for hundreds of millions of dollars. Now he manages one of the largest syndicates on AngelList. Michael Hyatt. Michael built and sold two software companies for over $500 million. And now he invests for himself. Howie Diamond. Howie is our rock star investor. No, really, he was in a band. And since changing gigs, Howie's invested in over 50 startups. All right, here comes the serve. My name is Topias, CEO and co-founder of Playven. Um, so say I, that again. Playven? Playven. Playven. Yeah, Playven. Play venue. I want to talk to you guys about tennis. So let's get an example of a great tennis player that we all know, Roger Federer. As you can all imagine, he can easily get a court anywhere in the world he wants at any club. Unfortunately, the 20 million tennis players in the U.S. that play tennis um, recreationally don't have that luxury. Uh, And I'm one of those people. According to Topias, it can actually be pretty difficult to nail down court times when you're not a global tennis superstar. People end up searching through clubs online, calling them up one at a time to see if they have a court, then navigating various member rules and availability issues. And he started to notice that this wasn't a one-sided issue either. At the same time, there's 14,000 tennis clubs in the U.S. that have a lot of unused capacity. So that's where we come in. We ask ourselves, what if there's an app that bridges that gap between the players and the clubs? So that's exactly what we did. We've already processed over 200, almost 200,000 bookings We uh, at 180 tennis clubs. We're already the largest tennis booking platform in the U.S. by far. Um, Our big vision is to um, become the sports booking platform in the world that people resort to whenever they want to book any sporting activity or space. And to do that, we're raising $2 million today. At what valuation? $8 million. Eight? Eight. Eight? $8 million money valuation. Okay. And you have 200,000 bookings. Yes. And these, and can you talk about the unit economics of that? Yeah, I can. But before I do, would you like to see the app? Sure. Sure. Huh. That was a little weird. 
We barely know about the business, but Jillian already seems unsure about the value of it. So Topias changes the subject. Uh, so here's how it works. I select the date, uh, select the city where I'm. So this is New York, for example. Topias pulls out his phone to show the investors the Playvin app. There's a little map that populates with all the options for available courts. It's like when you search for a room on Airbnb. The map is peppered with these little price bubbles. Is this just essentially like an open table for tennis? That's exactly and what I, it is. I don't usually like making comparisons because sometimes it simplifies. But, is, but that's yeah. So if I'm a tennis player, I go into your app and I say, I want to go to this tennis court, kind of like going to a restaurant. Exactly. I'm going to book it tonight. Yeah. And do I pay on your app? Yeah, so you pay on the app. Uh, so you uh, you select the club you want to book, you select the time, and then you have your credit card on your file, and boom, you're done. And what is the revenue split with the club? I mean, what's so the arrangement with the club? Uh, so there's no revenue share. The clubs get 100% of the price that they set. We charge a 10% fee on top of that. So the player pay, just like when you go to Fandango, you book a movie ticket, um, you pay the fee. So we get 10% on each booking. Is so what our so share is. I'm just so you're clear, so it says like the booking's $20 and then it'll show a $2 to, fee to you. Exactly. A ticketing fee. Exactly. Okay. And you said you did 200,000 bookings? Yeah. And so how much revenue is that? Revenue, we're making about 2,000 bucks a month right now. 2,000? 2,000. So, 2, so we've been uh, only this year introducing like uh, the commissions uh, on the bookings. So I remember we we, we spoke a couple now of years ago. Remember. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all coming back to me now. Um, and that was just two, starting then. <laughs> that was two years ago and you were just starting. Yeah. The growth that you've had within those two years seems not huge. Yeah, so uh, two years ago when we were starting, we got like, for the first time where we got a few clubs on board, you know, figuring, that was like a couple months after we started building the product. And since last summer, we, we set up an office here in New York. Um, we started focusing on growing the U.S. market. We were afraid that the market's going to be too too slow to react. Even though any customers we were able to uh, acquire as clubs, they all loved it. They use it 24-7 at their facilities, like they're relying on our system. Um, so they use it a lot, and so do their customers. So since January, we've actually been growing like really fast. How many clubs are on now? 180. So take this month that you're in right now. So how much is the total bookings, and then what are you taking? Yeah, so uh, we're um, we're doing about uh, so users are making about two thousand bookings this month. Uh, most of those bookings are coming from clubs where we haven't introduced the uh, booking phase yet because we've been rolling that out. So most of the bookings that we're making are still free, uh, free essentially from our standpoint. But why? The reason is uh, the clubs that we. Uh, where we get most of our bookings from are in Finland and in there. So that's 20 oh. clubs and we have 160 in the U.S. That, but, what is that, but, but what does that have to do with the price of bread? What does it matter um, if it's in Finland? Because we we started with a different business model there than we did in here. And we just didn't roll it out, roll out the new business model there yet. So that's an interesting choice, right? So let's say, but, but help us with your model. Okay, so mm-hmm. you have 2,000 bookings this mm-hmm. month, mm-hmm. right? And so how much revenue is that so, this month? Two thousand uh, dollars. Yes. Okay. So, step back for us for a second and explain to us what, what as investors, when we look at a business, we're trying to get businesses to real sizable businesses. And in, in just a calculation in our head, um, you're a pretty real company when you can revenue, like um, let's say 
500,000 a month or a million a month. At where you are right now at $2,000 in the amount of clubs, it would seem like you'd have to have an astronomical jump. So we, we estimate that by flipping uh, on the switch in Finland and at all, all the clubs, uh, we can make uh, eventually anywhere, depending on the size of the club, anywhere, anywhere between $5,000 and $8,000 per year per club. So, For how so, many clubs? So per club. How many clubs does there's, that represent? So there's 14,000 clubs in the U.S. We, uh, so we estimate that if uh, things go according to the plan, we, we can get to about 3,000 clubs next year, end of next year. Which would represent how much revenue? So uh, with the optimal model, uh, 21 million. But that's assuming what type of adoption rates the club uh, members are going to that's assuming what percentage of those memberships are going to convert onto booking through your app or You're are right. these people who aren't members who will just want to come in for a day pass? I mean, who's the target market? That's, that's a really valid question. So that's the other part of our business. It's a SaaS business model. Most of the clubs that we have in the U.S. Uh, are on our free plan, which means that they're on the marketplace, uh, but they don't use the full service plan of our product. The clubs that do use the full-service product of our club, it means that they manage their whole business through our solution. Uh, so every member booking goes through us. Do you charge a fee for that? Are you charging a cassette fee? Yeah, exactly. Wait, time out. The pitch so far has been that Playvin is this very simple marketplace business where Topius just takes a flat 10% off the booking fees made through his app. But now we're learning that it's also a subscription-based platform that tennis clubs are using to manage their entire business. Now yeah. I'm a little confused because okay. you have a B2C model right now where you're taking 10% of every of a, tra- of a transaction fee. You're selling yeah. to just people who have an interest in tennis. Right. But then you have a SaaS model where you can part you can sell to the actual clubs and then be the entire maybe back-end booking and scheduling platform exactly. for them too. And what what is that? You haven't implemented that yet, but what does we that have, look like? We have, we have implemented that. You have, that's, so that's the core product. So, so how much out of the two thousand a month comes from that B two B? About fifteen hundred or sixteen hundred. And what is that? Well, give me an example of what a deal looks like. One so contract. So anywhere between sixty nine dollars and two hundred dollars a month per club. And how many clubs have signed up for that? Twenty four. So twenty four are paying, and then there's a hundred and sixty that aren't. Exactly. All right. Instant replay. The investors have figured out that this second part of the business, this part that helps the tennis clubs run their operation more smoothly, that's where all the money's coming from. Now they can really dig in. Can you talk about your customer acquisition cost? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so all of our bookings so far have been mostly organic through the club. So up until May of this year, we haven't spent any money on user acquisition. What I struggle with with this is, look, tennis isn't the biggest market in the world. It's a big market. It's important to you. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It's it's not. And that's it's, not it's, our it's, only it's, vision it's, either. Well, no, I get that. But I uh, but what I think what I'm trying to get at as an investable asset is where are the juicy fat margins? Because it's very hard to invest in a company that can't show a big gross margin because it's very hard to ever get to a net margin. Well, well, I actually disagree with you because okay. like 10 percent, that's 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 a. That's a that's a healthy margin because once we sell a club, there's no, there's no fees for us. Uh, there's there's no more cost for us to so, keep so what, that customer. So what happens so in so what happens in your business though, is the reason it's very 
uh, very expensive is that 10% gets eaten very quickly on customer acquisition cost, your uh-huh. marketing costs, you're getting in, getting in the players. So the 10% isn't probably enough to scale. You have to go through a lot uh, of I cash. disagree. So think about a, so a typical player who books uh, through us comes back uh, and books twice a month. Uh, and these are people, uh, it, this is not this is not a game. This is not a trendy software, trendy social app. This is the thing, like if you want to play tennis, you're going to use our app. You're going to keep coming back for years and years. Whew, that was tense. Michael served up a tough question about whether Playvin can really scale. And Topius stood his ground. But remember that weird moment at the start of the pitch? Well, Jillian does. What was your valuation at the 1.5 that you've already raised? So it's been, uh, it, it's, it has come in chunks, uh, but the latest we raised is like a 450,000 bridging round uh, at a $4 million valuation. When was that? That was this spring, April. I'm, I'm a, that was I'm a bridging a... round. So like we would, we were in a hurry to. So you're, since there. April, you've doubled your valuation. No, our valuation would have been much more in that time, but we were in a rush to no, get No, no, money. no, 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 no. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes. Stop. Time out. Yeah. You can't, you can't the, the, that's the thing about facts. They they just kind of are facts. So you you raised it $4 million in April, but now you're asking for eight. We had to make quick decisions, so we didn't even start thinking. We didn't, like, we said four and nobody said no. So that was like a slam dunk. We, we could have uh, gone to them at eight, and we probably should have. Uh, we like no, you shouldn't have because your because your revenue and this does not uh, represent an eight million dollar valuation. I'm just going to interrupt you and say that I, I'm going to pass on this. Okay. Uh, we're all coming to the I think conclusion. At least I am. I don't want to speak for everyone. To, in my mind, there's a lack of urgency here. You've been at this for a while. You're doing two thousand dollars a month. You you haven't really. You don't have a clear sense on your customer acquisition cost for the players. You haven't built out key features yet. There's a lack of urgency that I'm not, as an investor, comfortable with, so I'm going to pass. Phil is passing, but the other three investors would like to hear more. So the competition. Why couldn't ClassPass just stick this on as one of their functionalities? They already have a lot of the clubs, and they can go to the tennis clubs and say, ClassPass, to do this, they would have to go through the journey that we've been uh, going through the past two years, they'd have to visit with hundreds of tennis clubs. But they already have the trust of all of health clubs. Absolutely. They have the big brand and they have the trust and they could do it, but it would take them time because they have to build. It's a different product. Okay. We're a full on club management system for tennis and sports clubs where you manage uh, uh, space bookings, lessons in clinics, coaches. Uh, so it's a completely different product on the back-end side compared to ClassPass. I'm now hearing that you are also managing coaching. Absolutely. Okay, explain that, because that you yeah. didn't include. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's a new thing we just uh, launched a couple of days ago. Oh, uh, we've been. That's a big feature, very, very important feature for the clubs, because most of their business evol- uh, is around lessons and clinics and camps and coaches and so on. So we just introduced that feature so people will be able to book 
tennis lessons through us as well. So, and so that's, come, there's so a lot so of interest for that. That's an interesting feature. So how come you didn't start your pitch by stepping back, explaining all the buckets of revenue and places you're doing? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. why didn't you kind of bring it together in the beginning for us where you kind of come in, you talk about the 10% and the $2,000 thing, it kind of throws it off. I, it sounds like you're more than how you explain your business. Am I wrong? <laughs> well, it's also, it's also well, confusing because I don't think you're an actual marketplace. I mean, I think you're more of a back-end SaaS, you're a SaaS management brother company SaaS for clubs but and there's a lot of features with a lot of features that are included. he has to be a marketplace for this to work so for example no, no, if, if the, the network effect you make the whole easier. point is to have non-members come in and use no. the club try it out no, that's not the whole point that's not the whole point it's it's an important point but not the whole point if i'm a club i mean a lot of them lacking members they want somebody to come in and try it for 20 bucks and maybe they'll join too but that's not the whole point they're making it easier for the clubs to manage and they're also making it easier for the club members to book their courts right but aren't they trying to fill excess capacity that's a, different, that's a different thing. That's an entirely different company. But, that's the problem. Is you have two different problem. companies here. Are you, are you here. trying to fill excess capacity or which, how do you? Yes both. and yes. You're doing both. two things and I don't think you can do both. The investors seem to agree that Playvin lacks focus, but they can't seem to agree on which side of the business Topius should be focused on. Can he convince them that he's making the right play? That's after the break. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. As rewarding as it may be, small business owners have a lot riding on their shoulders. It's a lot of stress to own, run, and grow your small business, not to mention finding someone who can give you the answers and support you need. But State Farm agents aren't just there to understand your small business needs, they're there to prioritize them and help create personalized plans with your needs in mind. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business, it's personal. Your business is your life, and State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. Right before the break, Howie landed a pretty large blow. You're doing two things and I don't think you can do both. I think the reason I think we can do both is for the past two years, we've been mostly focusing on making the SaaS side of it work and so that the club side is, is really robust. And it's a very, very complex product that we were able to make very, very simple for the users to use. We're by far the best product out there in the world. So they trust it and they use it every single minute of their opening hours every day. Then why day. are you charging so little? Uh, because we want to get it to every single tennis clubs in the world. But for the way you just described your company as like the most critical thing that they have, why isn't there any money coming through the pipes? $69 for the most critical piece of software. Let let me answer this. So you just said this is like their live and die. If I walked in that club and said, I'm taking away Playven, they'd be like, no, don't. Yeah, exactly. Okay, then then why are we at, where's the money? 
the money will be what where you described. You said uh, it's it's in the marketplace side. So we we don't want to charge too much on the SaaS side. Why? Which is, Those which, are the ones who have all it. the money. They have money, but we also it's crucial for us to get as many clubs on board as possible. I agree with that. I do see, however, thinking about the big picture uh, in the world, like there isn't anything like Hotel Tonight or Open Table for sports. That doesn't exist anywhere in the world, really. So that's what we're trying to make. And that's why I think the marketplace side is really crucial. That's where the big bucks are going to come from. So look, this is where as I, as I step back and think about this whole thing. Um, f- first off, I think what you need to do is is take a deep breath, step back from your company and f- figure out who and what you are when you when you grow up. And that's not a statement of your age and who you are. It's kind of a, um, when, when your company wants to grow up, what is it really going to be? I, I'm in this pitch, I'm confused, I'm a little bewildered. I still don't know what I'm looking at. I, I think I'm looking at a very bright entrepreneur that has real potential with a bit of a niche market. I'm not entirely sure what I'm buying right now. I think if you can come back and really nail the value proposition, show the unit economics and have a reasonable valuation, I'd be entirely interested. But for now, I'm out. All right, I appreciate that feedback. Michael is passing. Here's Howie. I think the value proposition is is really key here, but it's just not really clicking. It's not really working on the marketplace side. I think you get most excited when you talk about the SaaS business and that's bringing in the most revenue. When you talk about the, the club management system, yeah. I think you need to transition into that, focus on that, keep your head down, get a little bit further along, get some further growth and traction. And then I'd love to circle back on this, but for now I'm out. All right, I uh, appreciate that feedback too. Howie passed. Only one investor remains, Jillian. I agree. Uh, here's my problem. I think this is a push-me-pull-you. You don't know what that is, but it, it's from Dr. Doolittle. Mm-hmm. And it's one animal, one head is looking one way, another head is looking another way. As one head starts to move one way, the other one pulls it the other way. And I think that's the big problem right here, is that you're not quite sure what animal this is. It's two-headed, it's looking in two directions, and I think that it, that has impeded your growth. Mm-hmm. But I think you're sensational. If this was at four million, I would definitely come into this or 4.5. I don't think that you have excelled from your bridge round to this. It's not the eight million is just not justified, and subsequently, I'm at. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And I. Topius leaves the room without any investment. I think that he should take this as a learning lesson to, again, step back and figure out how to uh, to crystallize a pitch. For the listeners, I think what they have to see in this one is that you can come in here with tremendous potential in a business, but if you can't crystallize the value of your business to investors, it doesn't work. He doesn't but, know what his business but is that's yet. The that's problem. the problem. That's he doesn't the problem. really know. He doesn't know. He's, he trying, he's have, trying to figure it out. He doesn't or have the focus He's in yet. transition. Yeah, he like. doesn't have the focus. And look, I, you know, I don't know if you guys agree with me, but I, as I said to him, there's a lack of urgency. He's been doing this for a few years. He only has 24 clubs 
paying him. Oh, the clubs I, all love it. He has 180 well, of them using it. They love it. Well, he said it's, it's, no, the, most, it's the most critical thing that they have. And there are only 24 <laughs> out of 180 that are paying him for it. But right. Phil, but in Why? all sincerity, he has to build this too. And it takes some time to build this. Yeah. So you've got to give him at least a little bit of slack on this because I don't know how complicated it is. None of you were convinced I'm that this is a big company. I'm not worried about the revenue. Company. You didn't, I get, I didn't get the, I'm like, no, this can be big. This can be big. No, 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 no. I, don't, I, I, didn't, I didn't think that. that. I don't See, think that. I no, disagree no, with that. Okay, but, but how? But did you get it? No. Nope. As a sport marketplace But that's for not what he was pitching. Booking. As a booking platform right, for clubs, for it could be a billion, it'd be a, right, a, a hundred million dollars of, it could yes. be a, a seven-figure, that, that a nine-figure business. Yes. If it's a marketplace that has hit critical mass for, you know, for for booking courts across every sport that's out there in every city that's out there, that could also be but a nine-figure business. Yes, but, but he hasn't think, hit, he hasn't gotten anywhere close to But also, to I don't think he has the capacity to build out a platform for all sports across, right, all venues. Right. I don't well, think that's Well, that's what there. it needs to be for me. I, don't right. know, I just wasn't interested yeah. in investing. Yeah. A few months later, I checked back in with Topias for an update. All right. Well, um, welcome to the second half of our show, Topias. Thank you. Excited to be here. I want to dive right in and talk about this weird moment right at the beginning of your pitch where Jillian immediately took issue with your eight minute with your eight million dollar valuation. You wisely then steered the conversation back to your product. But then again, like at the very end of your pitch, it came full circle. And the last thing Jillian said is that she would invest if the valuation was $4 million and not the $8 million that you were asking for. Right. I think, uh, you know, we, I, I believe we can raise money uh, at a bigger valuation than four at this point. We just, you know, need to clarify that focus a little bit, and that's what we're doing. So I think, you know, once we show that, we'll be able to, race at a bigger valuation, you know, later in the fall. But no one has invested at that $8 million. Not yet. We haven't really pursued that round super actively. We've just been, you know, meeting with uh, some investors at a, you know, first step level. So um, after you left the room, the investors, like they continued debating whether you were a marketplace or a SaaS based business and like which you should focus on. And they still couldn't agree, but where they did end up agreeing is that, like, is, is that what you pitched, class pass for tennis, ultimately isn't a venture scale business, that it's too small of an opportunity for VC investment dollars. Do you think they're right? I completely disagree with that. Um, a great example of this is, is Open Table. They started off as a booking system, and then they become this billion-dollar platform for a marketplace for finding a restaurant. So I completely disagree with that. Well, Um, and and, and that's what they said in the room was like, if this is class pass for tennis, then it isn't a venture scale business. But if he's going to branch out and do, you know, bookings for all sorts of clubs, then it it could be a big opportunity. Right. We haven't had a, a, a startup on our show before that's started internationally and then expanded to the U.S. and then come to pitch U.S. investors. 
that's a totally new thing for us. Mm-hmm. And and so it, it's something I kind of wanted to hear more about from your perspective. Like, how has that transition been? I mean, you've well, been a... F- yeah. yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, actually, when we started the company about, you know, that was in 2015. When we started the company, we knew from early on that U.S. is going to be the biggest market for this kind of a solution, obviously. Um, but because we were both from Finland, it was more efficient for us to get our first customers in Finland. So it was always um, the plan to expand. It was to always the US. it was always the plan to come to the U.S. Finland was just a very good small stepping stone for us to get started. Interesting. And, and why the U.S.? It's by far the biggest market for our our kind of solution for tennis, for tennis, and for you know most other sports as well. And also, we knew that you know we we have big big very very big ambitions for this. So we really wanted to you know be a U.S. business so that we can eventually raise uh, money from um, U.S. VCs as well. So you felt like you'd have a better chance at raising money from investors to build the business you wanted to build if you were in the U.S. versus if you're only in Finland, the VC landscape over in Finland or in Europe in general is not as robust as here in the U.S. And so you're thinking strategically, let's launch the business here so we can raise here. And then, you know, we could obviously expand internationally again from there. Exactly. Um, You know, the startup ecosystem in Finland is very, very good. But it's very small compared to the U.S. Obviously, uh, whole of Europe is also very good, and it's getting there. And there is some VC money available, but again, it, there is much more VC money available, smart VC money available in the U.S. When you say smart VC money, are you meaning more strategic money? Right. Um, you know, um, money that opens more doors. I- exactly. Yeah. You know, because it's something we haven't had on the show, I imagine there's a lot of people, you know, maybe they only they can only dream of maybe opening a business in the U.S. Or or perhaps they're thinking, I would never open in the U.S. That sounds impossible. <laughs> Is there any advice you would give to yourself or to someone who's asking about expanding to the U.S. and should they do it? Absolutely. I, I think the answer is very simple. If you feel like your biggest market is going to be in the U.S., and if you feel like you can, you want to get U.S. investors that will be very helpful in uh, in expanding your business, then you definitely should start your company in the U.S. If you think your market main market will be somewhere else, then I would recommend you start your business there. It's very simple, and you know, once you've made that decision, we found as first-time founders that it's you know very easy to get you know get to start a business in the US When I first started talking to Topius about coming on the show I thought okay wow Finnish entrepreneur making waves in the US And yeah, tennis might be too small of a market, but he wants to launch and do other sports. And like, that's what's going to get the investors excited. Nah, I was wrong. They didn't even want to talk about all the other sports because it took them so long to figure out what he was trying to do for tennis. And I actually, I jokingly refer to this show as the Super Bowl of investor pitches. 
But for this one, maybe it's more like Wimbledon or the US Open? I don't know. I should probably leave the tennis metaphors in Topias's court. Our show is produced by me, Josh Muccio, Molly Donahue, and Kareem Maddox. We are edited by Blythe Terrell. We're mixed by Enoch Kim, original music composed by The Muse Maker. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. Lisa Muccio planned the recording of this pitch, and we discovered Play Then because of an introduction from Jake Sukoff with WeWork Labs. So thank you, Jake, for that. Here's our quick disclaimer. No offer to invest is being made to or solicited from the listening audience on today's show. All right, you've been listening to The Pitch from Gimlet Media. We'll be back with a brand new episode next Wednesday. This episode of The Pitch was brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you've been listening to our show for a while, you can tell every business owner has a unique set of problems to solve. That's why small business owners want someone to not only understand, but prioritize their needs. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know how to help you choose personalized plans to fit your needs and budget. They get it, plain and simple. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.